2: All right, coming at you from beautiful H-town, Tennessee. This is Conspiranormal with your host, yours truly Adam Sane, and your co-host Lukey Duke. Your boy, Lukey Duke. It's your
3: <laughs> boy, Lukey Duke. <laughs> Reed. Well, how, how's it going, Luke? How you been this week? Pretty awesome, man. Uh, we almost got hit by a car. That was some action. Oh and, yeah,
2: what happened?
3: Uh, We're packing the bikes into her uh, Jamie's car. uh, I'm sure she appreciates you telling everybody her name (laughs) Nobody, yeah, Jamie who? I mean, hell. There's a hundred Jamie's in this city There's a thousand Jamie's in this city Oh, I (laughs) gotcha But uh, I was putting the bikes in the car And a car out of control slid around the corner And hit a mailbox a few feet from us And then uh, corrected itself and drove off And we got their license plate and everything All I could think to myself, man I was like, that used to be me (laughs) Yeah, what was it, like six months ago? Something like that. Uh, maybe. Yeah, three months ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say more like six. Yeah. Yeah. That used to be me, though, dude. Tables have turned. Well, um, what did you think of our last guest, Mister Carter, Reverend Carter? Uh, the
2: alien in- abduction.
3: I, I could, e- I, could alien see, I could either say interesting or amazing. no <laughs> Those are my go-to words, you know. But, um, he uh. We it's not it's not often that we get to talk to someone that's had some personal encounters like that. Yeah. I think so, the last person we talked to was Guy Malone back in
2: yeah. twenty twelve. So But yeah, it was, know that was an interesting show. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But uh yeah, I thought it was uh I thought it was real interesting. I mean, you know, he he believes that it happened to him and all that. I can't really can't really deny that. Um you know, of course, you know I, I disagreed with some of his stuff about his assessment about aliens in the Bible. Yeah, but, right. But uh, it was still good to have him on. He's an interesting guy. He actually called me the other day, um, and uh, when I go to Asheville at the end of the end of next month, probably gonna get together with him and uh, probably get something to eat with him. And, you know, just kind of further explore his ideas. Right on. Um, you know, of course. Reverend Carter being in Asheville, we are going to stay in North Carolina tonight. We're going to be on guests on the show, World of the Unexplained. Oh, yeah. And uh, with Jay Scott and Trent, and uh, we're going to be their guests tonight, and uh, they're going to be our guests. So this is going to be an interesting uh, cross-pollination. Tonight. All right. So, and I have a special announcement at the end of the Pollinated show just
3: in time for spring. That's right.
2: That's right. And, of course, I have a special announcement tonight. Uh, we'll get that to the end of the show tonight about uh, certain uh, developments that have happened in the last week. So You're looking at me quizzically. Yeah. I've told you about this. Oh, really? But, uh, you know, we'll talk about it after. <laughs> but anyway, without further ado, uh, we're going to end the intro and we'll be right back on Conspira Normal with the World of the Unexplained Guys. Adam, is that you? I fucking died.
4: Adam, hey,
2: hey. Well, can I cannot hear anything.
1: Robert, we World explain. You
2: hear us, Adam? What did you do? Hey,
4: what's going on?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Someone else suffering from technical problems. Oh,
2: man,
4: this show is just raw for us. Can you guys <laughs> hear us? Luke. Yep, we got yeah, you Yeah, what's up? Luke. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> what's going on? I am your father.
3: <laughs> Adam almost fell out of the chair man. No,
2: yeah, I just fell out of my chair, guys. What's going on? <laughs>
4: what's going on, guys?
2: Pretty good.
4: Can you hear us? Yeah, we can hear you. A little muffled, but we'll get through it.
2: Are we actually uh, on right now?
4: You are on the world world of the unexplained. Uh, Okay, Righteous. Awesome. Direct
2: on the Fringe Radio Network at at this moment. We're on
3: the Fringe, dog. Yeah, dog.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so Adam, uh, tell us about your co-host, Luke.
2: Luke? Luke is this dude... That I met, uh, working together, delivering pizzas. All right. And uh, he was always kind of into weird stuff, like me. Mostly, like what do you say, like conspiracy stuff, dealing yeah. with food and
3: stuff like that. I think I think we started talking about like uh, demons and angels and stuff like that, and kind of yeah. and started from there, you know. Kind of like the basic stuff. Now, you, yeah. You
4: don't you don't you don't have any Obama shoes, do you, Luke?
3: No, man, that's, that's all for Chris. Oh. Yeah, that was producer Chris. <laughs> no, no, sir. I do not support Obama. No. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a
2: pretty big Obama fan, sir.
4: Well, okay, for, for those of you guys that, that don't understand that inside joke, you can uh, hear an interview of me that was done on Conspiranormal Normal by uh, Mr. Sane, who we're talking to now a um, month ago. It's, it's up on his website, which is, uh, give us your website again.
2: Uh, it's uh, conspiranormal.podomatic.com.
4: And you guys are joining the Fringe Network uh, soon, correct?
2: Yeah, we should be there soon. We'll make that official announcement tonight.
4: Cool, so. cool. Well, welcome, welcome aboard, gentlemen. Welcome aboard. Thank um, you.
2: Thank you to be here.
4: So, uh, so Luke, uh, what, so what? What is it? Um, How did you guys meet? Did y'all meet at the pizza place?
3: Yeah, we did. Yeah, at, at Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Yeah, he, uh, he thought I was just some kind of like washed-up stoner yeah <laughs> you know which isn't completely untrue
2: and uh started singing dead kennedy songs and i knew he was a cool guy <laughs> so then I, when I got it so then i got a, his homeless bud a job over at uh, my other job Okay. and uh <laughs> for instance then and then like uh in 2012 i asked him to Start the podcast with me because you know I've been wanting to start a podcast
3: for a long time. And uh, and you did you ever mention on the air that uh, you used to be a DJ down in Atlanta? Uh, no Chattanooga. Oh yeah, I did like college radio stuff in
2: Chattanooga for a little bit, I, like on the. I did
4: that at Q, for QFS, Yeah, it was fun.
2: Yeah. And w- Just mostly WF. playing like just kind of like indie and college rock kind of stuff.
4: Yeah, we did. I, I did it,
2: like, maybe two hours a week, something like that.
4: You know, it was just all like, you know, everybody that, that DJed up there except for me, I was the only one with any talent. <laughs> <laughs> everybody else up there was like, you know, and hey, you're listening to NPR. <laughs> it, was, it was like that. You NPR
2: know, voice for sir, and, um, and tonight, we're going to talk about Chanu Toobin float, uh, throat singers. <laughs>
4: exactly. You know, cool, tonight we're now. talking about social justice and how we can help it. those those people that are they are far less fortunate than us in life. and. And we're going to talk about some feminist issues, and later I'm going to talk about you know my experience of trying to you know never mind. I'm not
2: going <laughs> to go into it. Lost interest. <laughs> but yeah, so we started the podcast. Uh, we started back in um, was it like March of 2012? I don't know, man. <laughs> 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 That's too far back. Yeah, he doesn't keep up with it. There's there's, there's been a few a uh, few drunken nights for him since then, so. <laughs>
4: Never experienced any of experiment. those here. No, never, never, ever, <laughs> teetotaler.
2: <laughs> 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 well, let me say, let me say, Jay Scott, man, what a you know what an honor it is to be on your show, dude. Um, you know, uh, you, you guys were like pr- were one of my inspirations for starting this show. Oh, we appreciate um, that. I found you guys through, like, you know this, but I, for the for the audience, I, you know, I found you guys through. Uh, Ghostly Talk, and it was an interview with you and uh, Dave Schrader yeah. and the guys from Ghostly Talk. And uh, I looked you guys up, uh, you know, World of the Unexplained. And I was, you know, listen. well I think one of the first shows I heard was like the Highgate Vampire stuff.
4: Oh man, that and was gold right yeah, there. Yeah,
2: that's a good one. Yeah. This is back in like 2006, man. And I would like. That was like a week or so that like I listened to you guys show like straight. I would just like fall asleep to it, you know? And uh, you guys were just like, uh, I could relate to you guys because y'all from the south and uh, y'all had like the same kind of like silly, stupid sense of humor that I have, so. <laughs>
4: Yeah, you know, we're, lizard- c- we're completely professional here. I don't know what you're talking. About. You know, lizard licks from from Wake County. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank you>. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, when Adam Adam came down to see us, for those of y'all that don't know, he came and uh, stayed a couple of days and hung out with it, with me and uh, met the crew and and stayed on for a show that we had last week with John Zafic and unfortunately it did not get recorded. Uh, but yeah, during that time, I took him to uh, Old Salem. Showed him that uh, an old Moravian town here. Then, then we also went to the Andy Griffith, uh, um, um, you know, Mount, Mount Pilot and the Mount Airy area, which is the uh, the setting for the uh, Andy Griffith show. So he got to see all that, which you know, kind of freaked him out. Which I'm sure was the highlight of your trip, wasn't it? <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, it was like you know the what the the wax figurines or the wax dummies of Andy and Opie. Are you kidding me? And then I have a picture of like in, in there's we went we walked to we Jay Scott we walked by this uh um antique shop and there was like a there was like this th- a sign that said like Roswell New Mexico like UFO crash site.
3: Yeah,
4: you took a picture of that, didn't you?
3: Yeah, I
2: took a picture of it. Yeah.
3: You should
4: put you should put it up on the site.
3: <laughs> Tell me, there wasn't honestly a uh, Andy Griffith wax museum. Uh, there could have been, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, <not laughs> first, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there is. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a little creepy.
2: There was, like, some guy that was, like, selling uh selling hot sauce in, uh, yeah. uh, the, like, the antique store.
4: Yep. Well, you know, the, the the cool thing I found out today, I didn't realize this, did you tell me or did Chuck tell me, you, about the, the Matlock thing? Oh,
1: that was me, that was today yep.
4: yeah. Yeah, Mat Matlock was actually filmed in, in North Carolina in a town uh near the uh, beach.
1: Yeah. yeah, Southport, North Carolina. They um <clears throat> whenever they would do any filming about his house or he would be at home, there was a it was a house that was in Southport, North Carolina.
4: Yep. Good old Andy.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
4: <laughs> so uh
2: we so, got Yeah, go ahead.
4: Tell tell us about, you know, a lot of the topics I see on your or on your show or or like you know Nephilim and and uh, you know kind of biblical topics. I see you've got had Chris White on your show a few times. I see that you've talked to uh, to uh, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head now. I've, I've corresponded with him via email before, but the guy that wrote the book about the last pope and different things like that. Yeah, Chris Putnam. Yeah, Chris Putnam. He's actually very close to you guys. I'm sorry. Um, yeah.
2: Uh, well, you know, kind of, you know, uh, kind of my background, you know, you guys were, uh, you know, as like I said, you guys were pretty instrumental in, you know, getting me started on this stuff. You guys introduced me to a lot of different kind of people, a lot of different ideas. Uh, you know, I started following, um, you know, L.A. Marzulli, uh, even before I started listening to you guys' show and some of his ideas about, you know, aliens and, and, and Nephilim and what that's all about. And, uh, You know, I I, uh, came into, uh, you know, kind of following that whole kind of crowd. Uh, There was another show, uh, which a guy that I'm good friends with, uh, named Dr. Future, who has a show, had a show called Future Quake, and kind of fell in with him, and uh, he was a big inspiration to me, too. Um, The fact, like, the format of my show, like, the way it's kind of structured is kind of based off of Future Quake, and kind of like the... uh, the, the, the laughing and cutting up is based off of low two. So, uh, kind of like, there's kind of like a, you know, cause paranormal has a lot in its DNA. But, uh, so I started kind of following those guys like Chris Putnam and, uh, some, you know, stuff about the Nephilim and, uh, you know, UFOs. Guy named, uh, Guy Malone was another guy that's pretty in- influential. Actually lives here, uh, close to me. And, uh, so, you know, I've had on guys like that, uh, a lot of Christian guys, like uh, we haven't had Marzulli on, he's coming on in a couple of weeks, but we've had, um, you know, Chris Putnam's been on, malone has been on, I've had Dr. Future on uh, twice, um, and kind of my idea for the podcast, you know, I didn't really want to make it like a Christian podcast, because I hear a lot of, I heard a lot of that, and I didn't want to just make it the same kind of podcast, like not, like, overtly Christian. Even though I am one, and Luke's a heathen, by the way, so oh, yeah, <laughs> so he 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 can address that later. Totally, but, okay, but uh, you know, so I had uh, I had other guests on, like guys like Micah Hanks, who you guys know. Um, we've had like last week, we had a guy on named. Uh, Reverend Michael Carter, who also lives there in North Carolina. And he's like an alien abductee and a Unitarian Universalist minister that practices Reiki. Uh, oh, my you know, God. Really? Like, <laughs> Reiki? I, I, it was some interesting right. stuff.
3: That's, that's one thing that I love about our show, too, is, is the, 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 the diversity of our guests. Like, I, I right. never know what to expect. I mean, like, who to have on, you know? it soon as I...
4: Like, stop me if I'm wrong here, but I mean, isn't Reiki like some kind of Buddhist Hindu thing or something? I, mean, I don't know. Luke yeah, knows a little it, bit more it, about
3: it than I do. Yeah, actually, that's entirely New Age. Yeah, oh, that's wow. a New Age thing. Yeah, they they kind of combined a couple, uh, you know, Asian therapeutic practices together with New Age concepts to make Reiki. It
4: and it, it's uh, still it with chakras and things like that.
3: Right. Yeah, and and crystal energy healing. <laughs>
4: With the
1: tinfoil hat, I can't wait for the party.
3: <laughs> get, your, get your crystal. Get
2: your, put, put the crystal. It's
3: like, uh, it's like Napoleon Dynamite. you got to put in the crystal. You know what? And the sad thing is, is that we actually know people that have ordered tinfoil, the tinfoil hats from online. Wow. We've been the websites that sold them. Yeah, absolutely. There is a guy that I thought about getting on the show.
2: That like he he's built like a alien abduction prevention helmet.
4: Oh man, I, I need to I need to stu- I need to so start a class lo- class action lawsuit against one of these guys. It'd be great. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> We should start making our own Yeah, full Make
3: hats. our own Apparently <laughs> it works according to him. So yeah, he just made up some kind of material that's not even like a real. Uh, element <laughs>
4: <laughs> so maybe you maybe he can, he can help me find my spirit guide <laughs> yeah,
3: <there you> <laughs> better hope my mom doesn't listen to this show
4: what's <laughs> <laughs> she into the crystals or the spirit guides <laughs>
3: all
2: of it all, of it, all of the above
4: yeah. <laughs> poor poor woman i'm sorry
3: <laughs> so what are you into luke <laughs> uh, what am i into yeah uh, I like to call myself a spiritualist, but if you look up, you know, spiritualism, you know, Wikipedia page, it'll kind of indicate an uh, earlier American movement toward, uh... Well, Adam's actually better at this than me. Like well, like, spiritualism
2: like, is like...
3: like you know, an early the, American... Yeah, like movement. talking to ghosts and stuff exactly. like that. Yeah, yeah. and, yeah. and uh, I just kind of think of myself as... I'm borrowing beliefs from each different religion that I read about and I hear about and what seems right to me and my beliefs are really dynamic and they change over time uh, you know even from when the point where we started this podcast to now you know yeah. my beliefs about everything have changed just based on uh, Chris White and his documentary and stuff you know disproven uh, ancient aliens and you know as a good example just to Right,
2: we had on Chris White, who uh, we've had him on a couple of times. We had him ta- on talking about uh, um, Ancient Aliens Debunked, which was a – he makes debunkumentaries, and he's somebody that, like, you know, I really look up to. Um, he used to live here uh, in this area, but he's a little bit closer down to Chattanooga now. And he um, he made this Uh He's done one of, like, uh, David Icke debunked, which, you know, that's one of your favorites, Jay Scott. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but so the big one that he did was Ancient Aliens, and that like caused a huge stir. Uh, he just takes like point by point a lot of stuff, but uh, and just refutes a lot of the claims that are made in in, in the Ancient Aliens show. Right.
4: What are what are, think, wait, what are the claims made in the Ancient Aliens show? I'm not I'm not really familiar with it.
3: Oh, uh, well, one of them is claiming that uh, you know the Great Pyramid of Giza. Yeah. it's just like heavily laden with all kinds of evidence of uh ancient technology, ancient advanced technology. And uh that was one of the things in his debunk he's talking about uh he he explained a more practical way to build the pyramids than the generally accepted theories of like the giant ramp or uh uh, I, I don't know the other theory right offhand, but. Right, well, like,
2: stuff sort of like, uh, there's the Baalbek in Lebanon, Lebanon that these huge temples that yeah. are built from, uh, that are built with these huge rocks. You know, he goes through that and says, "Well, hey, you know, this wasn't like uh, aliens with 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 anti gravity mm-hmm. yeah. machines. He, he showed it the could the physics. have been something completely different, yeah. and it was built over time.
3: Right, uh, th- th- that kind of stuff." Um, he showed he, the physics behind everything and, and scientific methods right. that would have been easiest to create uh, these temples that you know ancient aliens is claiming to be built by aliens. Yeah,
2: the ancient aliens. Kind of works on that premise of just like every, that, that people are completely ignorant, uh, and most people probably are, of like his. <laughs> well, of look look like like who actually. the
4: president is.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, well, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe at the time of when the pyramids were being constructed, at that same point is when I believe the woolly mammoth was still alive.
3: Yeah, of course. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Was it, like, around 3,000 B.C., 2,500 uh, B.C.? I mean, woolly mammoths would have been gone by then. Oh, I thought he said the construction of the pyramids. Yeah, uh,
1: during, during the, the actual actual start of the construction of the pyramids, I believe that, that during that time period, there were still actually <clears throat> woolly mammoths around then. Not, not, I'm not saying in, in Egypt, but yeah. in the world itself.
2: Are you talking about this idea that... Um, That they were built, they were started to build by like 10,500 BC?
3: Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's way way before my age. See,
2: that fits in a little bit more with what I think about, like, that there was really kind of like an ancient civilization, which really fits into the Bible, uh, in that, um, you know, there was an antediluvian world. And. You know, this whole after com- the
4: flood for those people. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Or before the flood, actually. That's I, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. And the and the, so that fits into the whole you know, Genesis six thing about the Nephilim of the giants and the earth in those days. Uh, I'm not a young Earth creationist, so I don't see. You know, I, I think that uh, you know the Earth is billions of years old. So I think that there's definitely a time period. Um, where a civilization could have built up and then could have fallen. Right, exactly. And that's something that could be described in the Bible. So it would be entirely possible that the pyramids, or at least the Sphinx, could be that old. You know, what's the guy, uh, Robert Shock, I think, that uh, uh, looked at the weathering on the Sphinx and said that it, there had to be a lot of rain in Egypt and yeah. the climate in Egypt couldn't have been... Was like that in like,
3: I don't know, eight thousand, seven thousand BC. And scientists have a theory right, yeah. about the wobble, the rotation yeah, the, of Earth, the, and the, the wobble of
1: the equinox.
3: Right. It's nice, man.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm less an ancient aliens kind of guy, more like an ancient civilization kind of guy.
4: I got you. Well, you know, I mean, it, 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 I think someone was telling me the other day, and I don't, I, I didn't look into this, but. You know, we were talking about concrete and how we build concrete structures, and and basically the the notion was that that we don't even know today how to build concrete as strong as the Roman Empire did back then. We we just don't know Mm -hmm. what all they did to it.
2: Yeah, so much information has been lost to time. Yeah. Uh, You know, and there's been so many, you know, we talk about the Dark Ages, uh, you know, and we think of that in terms of Western Europe, but I think there's been a ton of Dark Ages in the past. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, guys, we're, in it. we're we're set to take our first break right now, so oh. um, he's going to put you on hold here. Uh, but you guys are listening to World of the Unexplained tonight. Tonight we have Luke. Luke, what's your last name? Reed. We have got Luke Reed, and we've got Adam Sane from Conspira Normal, and uh, That's right. gonna be, I'm sorry.
2: That's
4: right. <laughs> right. And uh, they're going uh, to be coming to the fringe soon. We're going to take a short break, though, guys. Hit us up in the chat room or call us at 877-722-7382, toll free. Hit the number one, and it'll bring you right into the studio. You're listening to Jay Scott and D. Clements on World of the Unexplained. We'll be right back after this. All righty, And we're back, and uh, we're here tonight with Adam Sane and Luke Reed. You guys with us still?
1: We're here, still
4: here. Awesome, awesome. I got a, I got an email I want to read on the air real quick. This was from, um, this was sent from a guy named Barry, and uh, okay. I asked him if I could read his email on the show, and he said that he is uh, cool with that. So um, I cannot express how happy I am to see you guys active once again. I truly thank you and look forward to the new podcast schedule. You guys were truly pioneers in podcasting, and I can't wait to see what the old guys of the new media have in store. I've always had a soft spot for the regional kinship of your show. I live in southern West Virginia, and but lived many years in Lexington, North Carolina. It's been a great deal of my time all over North Carolina. Thanks again. You've lifted my spirit, and Fringe is the perfect home for Wotu 2.0, Barry. So, shout out to Barry there. Thanks for uh, thanks for emailing. Yeah, appreciate it. <clears throat>
2: yeah, I, I second that. I second that uh, comment.
4: All right, cool. Uh, where's Trent tonight? He's sick. Ah! Well,
1: I have a question for you, for you guys. <clears throat> sure. Have, have any of you actually experienced any paranormal activity or anything yourself?
3: I have. Yeah, uh, Adam has. Would you say you have, Luke? Um. Uh, well, I like to think of it as more of a hysteria from when I was younger, you know, and, and like I mentioned, you know, my mom has always been kind of new age, so, uh. She was trying to convince me, you know, you have these abilities. Children are, are closer to, uh, uh, you know, naturalism. Kids are more naturalistic in nature. Gotcha, yeah. So you should, you know, immediately inherit these abilities just because you're young. And I kind of believed it, you know. So I, I consider it more of a hysteria. So I don't really believe that I've ever had any kind of real experience. My experience was a lot of things that I experienced were from
2: childhood. Uh, I never, uh, in my adult life, I haven't really experienced anything but maybe like weird synchronicities or something like that. Uh, when I was little, I actually grew up in, from like the age of birth till nine years old, I grew up in the same house my father grew up in. And... <clears throat> I was uh, in my room one night. I was asleep, and I kind of remembered it for a long time as a dream. Uh, I thought it was a dream for a long time, but I woke up, and I look over the corner, and there was, like, this old lady in my room, and I kind of passed out, and there were other things that happened in that house. Like, I can remember hearing uh, voices over my bed. Uh, I can remember my mom had this one where she woke up, and saw a little boy uh, in the kitchen, then reached out to touch him, and he disappeared. Uh, There were other things, uh, you know, like feeling presences in the house, nothing that ever felt like malevolence, Um, but uh, when I was about 14 years old, I was in Virginia Beach visiting my aunt, and this is my dad's sister, and my mom and my aunt were talking about that house and things they had experienced in there. And I was just kind of listening into the conversation. And my aunt started saying that when I, when I was young, I looked in your father's room, which was later my room, and said I saw an old lady sitting in the corner. So it was kind of this you know, like weird cooperation of, you know, we had seen something like maybe 30 years apart from each other. Right, right.
4: Creepy.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think more yeah. experiences in the supernatural happened to... Uh it seemed to happen to more younger kids. As most people we talk to, they usually had an experience as a younger child, and as they progress, you know, they don't really have those types of experiences anymore. And I believe it's the same thing. I think more kids, I think kids are more successful uh, to uh to those types of things. I mean, even myself, as when I was a younger, I remember a um, uh, seeing a figure. It was of a woman. I used to call her the Lady in Blue because she always had like this blue hue around her. Wow. And uh, I remember distinctly once when I was when I was younger, I woke up. She was in the kitchen, and I saw her walk from the kitchen to the dining room into the bathroom. And I got up to follow her. When I got to the bathroom, the bathroom the bathroom door was shut, and all of a sudden this really bright light came out from underneath the bathroom door. And I just thought it was my mom turning the light on or whatever else. So I knocked, opened the door. Nobody's in there. No lights are on. Gone. Uh, That's weird. Yeah, and I lived sort of close to Old Salem at this yeah. where this house was. So this could have been a region where there were a lot of people because she looked like she was dressed in that that garb with the the head the headpiece on and the, the type of old style clothing and that kind of stuff.
4: Uh, I went to that restaurant actually, the Old Salem Tavern. I went there for lunch the other day. It's pretty good. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah they got bratwurst. And, <laughs> you know, they make their own. Uh, they make their own. Uh, Crowd kraut, and, uh, you know, it's pretty
3: cool. Yeah, I've been there several
4: times myself. It's
3: pretty good food. Yeah, my first time. Is the food cursed? Do what? <laughs> is, it, are the, uh, is the menu cursed? No, no,
4: no, I, I don't Not think sure. so. Sorry. One, of the things
2: we, one of the things we've talked about a lot on this show, uh, we haven't done it too recently, and I want to get somebody else on to talk about. We've talked to people who, uh, for lack of a better term, are called haunting survivors, uh, we talked to a couple of guys, one guy named Tim Yancey and another named Bill Bean, and these guys grew up in, like, unlike my experience, where I never felt anything that was malevolent, these guys grew up with some serious stuff happening to them in their house. I mean, uh, getting abused, uh, their family members uh, being yeah. pretty much driven to insanity, or eventually being driven
3: to death. You... Uh he was talking about how he got thrown across the room. Right, and his mother got thrown across the room too, and scratched up. And
2: yeah, <laughs> and one of the things that usually you find out in these experiences is that somebody in uh, the long line in their family was messing with something like with the occult, which is another thing that we kind of deal with on the show too. Oh. Well,
1: I, I had sort of had another weird experience like that. It's not exactly the same, but, like, when I was little as well, <clears throat> I used to always see, because uh, my family, we, we stayed in the same house for a long time, so it would be, it was me, my sister, and my mom and dad, and then, of course, my older sister came back and lived with us and her kids as well. Well, what I used to always see over my nephew's bed, or around my nephew's bed, which I think is what they call uh, like, shadow people or shadow yeah. figures or that kind of stuff, and of course, nothing ever happened to me. Like you know, I never. There was never any malevolence or anything like that. But the odd thing is, is that my nephew out of the family was the one who was always in trouble. Oh, was oh this uh, the one in prison? Oh yeah, he's back in prison again. Oh okay. But <laughs> he, he's the one who always seemed to be in trouble somehow, some way. You know, and it's just odd that those figures. I'd always see one of those figures or shapes. Around his bed. I didn't do it. It's the people in my head right. telling me what to do. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, something would happen and he'd get in some sort of serious trouble. And I always thought that was weird, you know, as a, as a strange occurrence
4: that would happen. So. Uh, I don't hmm. think the jury would buy that. No, <laughs> I think that pretty much puts you in the rubber room. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, um. so anyway, uh, going back to, um, to To what we were talking about earlier with, with a lot of the... Uh, alien stuff, the Nephilim. What what, what do you think about it? What's your take
2: on it? Well, I would have to say um, that, and this is kind of, you know, my own informed opinion. Um, It's not exactly original to me, so don't take credit for it. Uh, I believe that uh, aliens, what we're seeing with so-called alien abduction is primarily just like a supernatural occurrence. I don't think it's any different than like a ghost visitation. I just think it takes on a different form,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I think it's there to kind of lead people into, uh, lead people astray. Um, you know, that's just my own religious, uh, what, what's religious perspective on it.
4: What's your take on it, Luke, from a different angle?
3: Uh, I I agree with he, what with what he just said, except. Uh, I think that it's kind of a uh, a chance, you know, that you take you're either gonna get a good entity or a bad entity. Whenever you come in contact with one and you start interacting with the energy that they're putting off, uh, you know, it's a it's a mixed bag. You could get either one. Uh I don't really believe that there's some kind of set rules or plan that, you know, humanity should stick to. I kind of feel like it's more, you know, everyone for themselves. and their own spiritual path.
2: Um, You know, one of the things that really got me uh, in my, you know, kind of early research on this stuff, especially about alien abduction and about the Greys, was uh, reading about, um, and I'm currently doing some research for our next guest, uh, and kind of refreshing my memory on some of this stuff, about uh, Aleister Crowley. And there was a figure that uh, Crowley would see that would communicate with him, that was called Lamb, spelled L-A-M. And Marzulli talks about this a lot. Um, and Lamb, if you look at the pictures on the internet, if you just Google Lamb and Google images, it looks or just like, like that, a gray. It looks just something like a gray. It mm-hmm. has little, like you know, smaller little eyes, but it looks just like a gray. So. That was kind of the beginning for me of seeing that we're not dealing with, like, a physical, like, nuts-and-bolts spacecraft. You're dealing with something that's, right. that's inner, that is
3: brought on by, like, pretty much like an altered state of consciousness.
4: It's right. interdimensional.
3: Yeah. And throughout the show, uh, my opinions kind of changed on that, too, you know. I, I was uh, in the perspective originally that there was, like, physical aliens. Yeah, you know, coming here, but with cloaking technology and everything else. But over time, I just now it's kind of in the same bundle as uh, hauntings and stuff would be. So you, you know, don't, you don't, or, you
4: don't attribute these, uh, Luke. You don't attribute these to being uh, Nephilim,
3: right? Yeah, I, I think I do believe in the Nephilim. Uh, I, I believe that there was a race habiting America before the Native Americans. Because there's, you know, pyramids, there's actually evidence of pyramids that's not really talked about, you know, that uh, mounds shown with stones that resemble Aztec and Mayan architecture here in America. And we've even had a wooden hinge that mirrors that of uh, the wooden hinge that was in England, south of Stonehenge. Uh so I believe that there was a race of giants here before the Native Americans but you' well, ne- well, probably.
4: you don't necessarily believe that that race of giants were half angels half humans right okay. well i do okay.
2: I, I i believe i believe in that I believe in the nephilim uh that that happened now, whether they're here today, I think that's a total different thing i don't I don't think that they're around anymore, but I think that there were the watcher angels. Uh, that did come down and did mate with human women, and it produced the, the Nephilim offspring. Uh, now, you know, however you want to put it, there's a, there's a whole group of people that obsess constantly about the Nephilim, and whether, you know, there was a second incursion or there was, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's really kind of exhausting, uh, these people that debate on that. But you know, it did happen, and it was a it was a union between these supernatural forces and humanity, and that created um, those beings. Now, I think that most of those are gone. Uh, Most were probably wiped out during the flood. There probably was a remnant after the flood that survived, and gradually they probably got you know bred out. But uh, I think that for sure. what you're seeing today is not like a physical manifestation. In other words, they're not—it's uh, uh, not Nephilim that are coming down in spacecraft. It's just a purely spiritual and supernatural manifestation.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know how, how much you guys are into like Greek history or Greek mythology or anything like that, but of course, in Greek uh, myths, you know, that happened a lot. With either, either right. Zeus or another god would come down mate with a mortal female, and of course their offspring would have some sort of either physical deformities or special powers or something like that. And of course in Greek history that happened quite a lot.
2: Yeah, you had Hercules, you had Perseus, Mm -hmm. you had all these different, and I think that's what they were talking about, um, you you know, what the the Hebrews wrote about in the Bible. uh, They were talking about kind of like the concept of the demigods.
4: talking, this is a little off topic, but you know, speaking about some of the other things and the things that that, that have been going on, the things that people are talking about currently, just the, the rise of the interest in the paranormal and things of that nature, the rise in the yeah. know, technology and, and, and all that, do you think that we're living in the last days?
2: Um, well, I'm assuming that's directed towards me. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'll direct it
2: towards I, Luke here. To- I... I I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I would have been certain um, probably about two years ago I would have been certain of that. Now I'm not so certain that we're living in the last days. We could be. Um, any time period could be the last days. There seems to be a lot of things going on, especially and something we haven't really hit too much on our show, uh, which is transhumanism. Uh, that could possibly be a key to, you know, kind of unlocking... The door to to the last days and bringing about the antichrist. So for me, like kind of the jury is still kind of out. Um, it's kind of some of the things that I've studied recently that make me think that we may we may still have at least about a hundred years. But I'm I'm not one of those people that I'm not a date setter and oh come kind on of <laughs> myself. <laughs> well, I mean I, I think I talked with you about this last uh, when we when I was there, Scott, is that. Uh, You know, I hear a lot of people that say, well, I'm not a date setter, but I say we're about 20 years out, or about, you know, and I just said 100 years. But,
4: um, what changed changed your mind? What what changed your mind about it? You said you were certain earlier, and then you've done some more research.
2: Uh, it would probably have to be Chris White's latest book on Mystery Babylon that kind of changed my mind. Okay. Uh, Chris White? He's pretty influential. Um, he changed my mind a little bit on that because in the mystery Babylon book he sees mystery Babylon as as Jerusalem yeah I've been
4: up for that theory before yep um, and I don't
2: think we're quite there yet geopolitically sure. and I know Obama's not the Antichrist though so.
4: <laughs> you know but we still wanted him to be <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Obama you know I do. But uh, you know, end of the world. Thanks, so Well,
1: you know, this, weren't we supposed to have the end of the world in 2000, and then and then again again in yeah. 2012?
4: Who was that guy that ran all the advertising? You know, what I'm talking about the guy with the the billboards in oh, the world. I, I, be all this yeah, day. I can't remember. What, I can't
1: remember his
4: name. He died recently. Yeah. What was his name? Do you guys remember that? Uh,
2: I don't remember the name. But I know who you're talking about. Mm. His name has been lost to history. I think. Oh
4: uh, well, you know. He didn't. He didn't live to see it. So uh, it is. Well, cool. yeah, well, well, and that's how I, I look at it as well.
2: Him, so he just wanted everybody else to, you know, well, Luke, join
4: in. Luke, what's your take on this? Do you, do you think we're living in the end days? Uh,
3: it's uh, I've, I've been real, I've been actually studying hard to try to find this out, and um, you know, it seems half and half between the scientists. You have half your group of scientists saying that uh, climate change is happening, global warming is
4: happening. Uh, no, we know we know the global warming is a bunch of crap. Yeah. go ahead and it's not global warming it's global oh. cooling but that's okay that's
3: all right we're just sick well yeah we just had a bad winter right it doesn't seem that way yeah, exactly right? it's
4: global warming that's why we're getting ready to have another 3 inches of snow here on tuesday in in the south
3: <laughs> It's spring but you've got two such large groups groups of scientists uh you know saying opposite things you know one saying that Within the next 20 years, the, the global temperature is going to rise 3 degrees Celsius because there's gigantic methane pockets burping up from the sea and getting trapped inside the atmosphere. And, uh, you know, they're also saying that all of the pollution has worn gigantic holes, you know, in, in the atmosphere and the greenhouse gases are going to come in and get trapped under the smog and everything like that. And they're saying that, you know, it's going to cause kind of like a butterfly effect. And on species and everything, everything's going to start dying out, you know, it's yeah. going to be the planet's going to be uninhabitable. Then you have the other scientists saying that all of this is garbage, that every, actually our uh, ecosystem is improving rather than getting worse.
4: <laughs> you know, so there was a scientist, I want to say from Harvard that I was reading about on uh, Glenn Beck's website, Blaze.com, I believe is where I saw the article, that it, it, it had basically been kind of ostracized because he came out and said, you know what, guys, this, this, ain't, this ain't right. You know, and he, he was like one of the, the forerunners in the 70s on it, and I, I think I'm going to say he taught at Harvard, but, uh, you know, he kind of a, lot of, a lot of people shunned him after he, he like, went against the, the group there. Yeah. But, um, huh, it is what it is. Well,
1: and, and here's my question is, is, how are we determining what the end days are going to be? What, what's what's our reference towards what the end days will be? The
4: Bible, stupid.
1: Right, <laughs> right, no, no, that's exactly it. It's the Bible, and, and who determines that that time period was going to happen in the Bible? Was God. It, was it God? Yeah.
4: All right. God and said that, God's the Word and the Word's God and all right.
1: that stuff. Okay, and in the eyes of God, how do we know
4: that a minute to God is not 10 million years for us? Well, the Bible tells us a thousand years is like a day and a day is like a thousand years.
2: Yeah, That's exactly.
4: So, so we try, don't know. To, to try know. to predict it is... It's like exactly. saying, well, the, the guy exactly. created earth in seven days. Well, that means the earth is only this many years old and no, it doesn't. Seven... The seven days that God refers to of the creation of the earth could have been seven thousand years or, oh. or it could have been seventy thousand yeah. 70 Good. million it's, it's, well, it's time, like time
3: is not linear
4: I'm sorry actually,
3: time isn't linear
4: yeah and, and it's like you know the whole thing about you know the day of the Lord is upon you i mean that that's not you know we know that's not just a day yeah, interesting but <clears throat> yeah I, we're, so, Jay, you,
2: know, you wouldn't say you're a young earth creationist though, huh I'm sorry you would say you're not a young earth creationist.
4: No, I'm not.
2: <laughs> Same here.
4: But I mean, I, I'm not saying that God's God and whatever God wants to do, God can snap his fingers and it'll happen. If he wants to do it in seven days, he can do it in seven. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my, that's my thoughts on it. Uh, you know, but like I said, time is not linear. And uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, I've, I've you know, talked to some time travel guys on our show before. Ah, uh, mainly the whole John Teeter, Oliver Williams thing, and we see that that site's kind of gone defunct by now, which is that kind of sucks because that was fun to play with for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be five different United States. I'm thinking somebody's been. I watching. have a
2: theory. I have a theory on the John Teeter thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I wait, wait, wait,
4: wait. save it. Cause we're going to take another break and we're going to come okay. back here, uh-huh. but I uh, save your theory on, on John Teeter until we get back. Once again, I don't know if you guys are dead out there and not listening. You just don't listen to us no more because we have so many technical difficulties that you've decided we're not worth it. And that's fine.
1: You <laughs> want to just listen
4: to the podcast. That's cool too. You know, you're a big boy and girls now. I mean, you, you know, y'all grew up with us. So, uh, for those of you that don't know us, well, you know, uh, You'll know us soon. But um, anyway, uh, listen to us, World of the Unexplained. Give us a call, Eight seven seven We're talking with Adam Sane and Luke Reed. And uh, we'll be back in just a sec. And we're back. And you're listening to World of the Unexplained. We're here with Adam Sane and his co-host, uh, Mr. Luke Reed. How are you guys doing?
3: Uh, we're here. We're back. Doing great. Feeling good. All What's right. You know? All
2: right. All right. All
4: right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, what we're, we were talking about your, your views on something before we left the show, and honestly, I didn't write it down because I was thinking about something else. But uh,
2: <laughs> well, it was uh, John Teeter.
4: Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah that, that was it. You know, thank
2: you. Where I heard about John Teeter, I think it was you guys' show. So I, I remember listening to that show, and uh, my theory on John Teeter, I think it was just this guy that. Uh, understood geopolitics and was doing the best he could to see where things were going and could see certain things, like just just deducing them. I don't think he was like a time traveler. I just think he's probably just some kind of geopolitical genius.
4: Hey, I wonder if it was actually uh, Oliver Williams.
2: Yeah, himself, Yeah, possibly. Yeah. That's a theory that, he, that, that you know, he was the one doing it.
4: No, I mean, I, I've always wondered if he was the one that started. You know, he started the website, so he was the one on coast to coast. I mean, he was the. Right.
2: You
4: know, I don't
2: know. Weird. Supposedly, <laughs> um, well, there was all this weird stuff that, like, um, John Teeter lived with the family, and he lived with the small John Teeter, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. it was. It was like uh, it, was, it was like Terminator. <laughs> Terminator, <laughs> yeah. you know.
2: Maybe he used the crystals. You never know.
4: <laughs> the foil <ad>. hat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, so you don't think that we're in the end times now. You think we're about 100 years out.
2: Uh, well, if I had to guess. You are a bad man. <laughs> I would say possibly, yeah. Okay. I, I don't think everything has lined up. Now, I do think that the Antichrist system is alive and well in the world. And I think that that is that is going to slowly coalesce.
4: What do you mean? Explain that the antichrist.
2: Well, I think eventually, like with things like the New World
4: Order and
2: those and and that kind of thing, that uh, eventually um, we're going to have the one world government, and we're going to have the system in place. The Mm -hmm. system is going to come into place that the antichrist is going to take over. It's
4: going
2: to be it's going to be ready made for him. He's not going to make it himself. He's going to take over that system.
4: Hmm. Interesting. Well, goodbye.
2: So like the grid and all these things that we have. Uh, like I mentioned transhumanism before, uh, people wanting to live forever, uh, all these kind of weird ideas that are out there, uh, virtual reality. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
4: All Old Highlander, <laughs> who wants to live forever, a queen, you know. Yeah. Right. today? <laughs> <and, and>, uh, <laughs> who
1: lives forever anyway? And sorry. If we since, will, because
4: everyone will listen to these podcasts. That's right. Fame, instant right. fame and success. That's Immortality right. on the airwaves.
2: We'll still be here.
4: <laughs> so, uh, it, you know, you see the, the rise in technology, though, and you see a lot of the fulfillment of the prophecies, uh, you know, Israel become a nation state in 1943 uh, or 53. Which is it? <laughs>
2: 48. I'm sorry. 1948.
4: 48. Okay, I was I was I was in the middle. Um, <laughs> I was around it. Snowballing. You know, it's there. Look. Okay. 48. Either way, Israel's a nation. Recognized as a nation, except for everyone but the Palestinians. Uh, You know, we've still got the temple that has to be rebuilt, and, uh, you know, there have been designs and plans to rebuild that thing since probably the 70s or the 80s. Um, You know, we're going to have to, there's just a lot that has to come about. Um, I was actually at home today um, watching, uh, flipping through the channels, and I came across the uh, Left Behind movies. They were showing one of them on uh, one of the God channels, Uh, the Part 2, the uh, Tribulation, whatever it was called. But I was like, how many of these things did they make before they, you know, uh, closed the book? And I looked it up. And there's three of them, apparently, with Kurt yeah. Cameron. And uh, I've only seen the first two. But apparently, you know, they're remaking that film with Nicholas Cage, of all people. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> and a and Nick, Nick Cage is going to play uh, the, the pilot, Rayford Steele. And um, I can't remember who else is in it. But it's, uh, Big Hollywood's going to take a swing at it next, it looks like.
3: Oh boy.
2: Well, uh Luke made a dubstep uh song called Cage Rage. It, actually, it a,
3: it's breakcore.
2: Breakcore. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> We may play on the show at some at some point.
4: Okay. Well, we we were just playing uh or, or the first break we were playing Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. That's right. Oh yeah. <laughs> come on. Did come it. on.
3: Come on. Come on. I'm sure Adam has that
4: album in his collection. About, oh yeah. You right. Doesn't Mark Mark, have that, so. that album
1: in their collection.
4: I mean, Millie, <laughs> Millie Vanilli's next. I I want to put them on there. You know. bop, 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 Baby. want to hear some lit
3: thinking?
2: Exactly. Well, Luke will tell you I'm a big fan of just, like, crappy 80s new wave. Well,
1: really what's happening is that we're trying to find the most offensive music that we can play that will irritate the fire out of Trent.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. usually Motley <laughs> Crue or, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I saw a list on Salon.com today. I think it was uh, somebody posted from... That was Jason Office that posted it on his Facebook. He says... uh you know, the top 15 bands that you, you know, that everyone loves to hate, was like Creed. Um, yeah. The, uh, Nickelback. Blue, uh Blue Traveler yeah, yeah, did make it, Nickelback made it, um, the Goo Goo Dolls made it, which kind of pisses me off, because I like the Goo Goo Dolls.
2: <laughs> there's these, uh, I showed you but one, uh, Jay Scott, when I was there, it was like, uh, there's these series of videos called, oh. you know, so, so Shreds. Oh, yeah, those and
4: were, those were what, hilarious.
2: What, 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 one was Creed and another one was Nickelback. Nickelback, I can't repeat anything of that on the air, yeah. but uh, Creed say <laughs> it's uh, they they shoot, they uh, take out the music and then they put themselves playing the instruments and singing. And one part of the Creed one is he says he says we're gay, yeah, we're gay, we're gay. Luke's
4: <laughs> <laughs> <gay. laughs> well, awesome. got something
2: he wants to share with you guys uh, in his occultic studies.
4: Okay. He Adam, has
2: uh, he has learned
3: how to make a humoculus. Adam, a what? Adam suggested that it would entertain you to uh, <laughs> to tell you about my discoveries of the humoculus. Absolutely, go ahead, sir. So you know, I, I was looking around my mom's book collection. You know, while I do give her a lot of flack, you know, for being new age and all, she does have a, a very extensive uh, book collection with a lot, a lot of awesome books that I've read. And uh one I was flipping through and it was uh, uh you know, hidden sect of Kabbalah. And it <laughs> what one of uh one of the uh, chapters was how to create a humunculus. And you know, that's the first I'd ever and right next the chapter right next to it was uh how to create a golem. Okay. But I, I read into the how to how to make the humunculus for some reason that sounded more appealing. Light reading.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday afternoon, yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it had a lot of, uh, a pretty creepy, it was a pretty creepy procedure. You know, I was going to try it. I told Adam I was going to try it uh, myself just to see what, what the outcome was. You know, do everything by the instructions. But by the end of it, I was just so creeped out that I, I couldn't even do it. <laughs> so what were the instructions? Uh, the instructions what the instructions? The instructions were to uh, make your own clay pot, first of all. Mm-hmm. And uh, you carved in the uh, the pentagram and in, in both the bottom and the lid of the pot.
4: Oh, this sounds safe. <laughs> 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 well, Go
3: ahead. And, and and uh, not not only the pentagram, but if uh, if any of you know you know have any knowledge about uh, sigils, you know, and making sigils and grimoires and stuff like that, um. Uh, each mag- magician has their own kind of specialized sigil that they use in rituals. Oh. So really, you know, you were supposed to carve that into the bottom and, and the uh, and the lid of the pot. And then uh, you you put clay into the pot, just uh, you know, dirt clay. You Don't form it into anything. Just throw that in there. And how could I put this radio friendly <laughs> <laughs> for for, uh, for forty days? You're supposed to put your blood and semen into the pot. Oh, nice. Nice. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to, uh, the instructions say, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're supposed to masturbate into the jar while listening to goat spray. No, no.
3: Goat sounds. <laughs> <the, laughs> I
2: think that's he, the he first
4: time it, anyone's uh, ever uh, said masturbate on the radio
3: up? on the fringe. <laughs> <laughs> he got it wrong. There there's there's an atmospheric tape playing like in the background at all times around there's an altar built first but of all isn't it supposed to be goat? Yeah, is, is it is. it is goat background? it's goat spring on on a loop on a track on loop. <laughs> oh my god. So it's like blah! <laughs> and, and, it, and it's on an altar beside your pot, you know. You got to within
4: get curiosity. off of that. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't
3: you supposed to, you know, do the deed when you're thinking of the humoculus? Yeah, you. you, the you whole when, time? Whenever you're doing the deed, you're supposed to think of what form your humoculus will take.
4: Ah. <laughs> wow. So you, you stopped about what the twentieth day or what? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I thought somewhere around the beginning. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, uh, so what was supposed to happen after 40 days of this stuff?
3: Well, uh, after, after the 40th day, it's supposed to rise from the pot. It's supposed to push the lid off, and, and whatever you've imagined you know, the form for it to take, it's supposed to push the lid off and come out of the pot and await your command. I await your command
4: so you got some dude in some apartment somewhere in south Chicago going Pamela Anderson Pamela Anderson <laughs> with this goat tape playing in the background <laughs> yeah it's, it's a
3: 12 inch tall clay form of her oh wow, okay that's some serious magic
4: that, that is uh That's that. I just I don't know what to say.
2: (laughs) I think we're both going to be kicked off fridge after this one. Hey,
4: you brought it up. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh Lordy. Okay. (laughs) It's
1: time for a topic change. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone?
2: (laughs) But it's interesting, nonetheless. Well, it kind of brings me into some of the things that we have been talking about. Uh, seriously, uh, we, we've talked uh, we've talked a lot about the occult, and for me, uh, that's kind of a bridge into um, what is going on with these supernatural encounters, like ghosts and malevolent hauntings and alien abduction those those kind of phenomenon.
1: Sure,
2: and. We talked a lot about. We've had like uh, Michelle J who's been on uh, Paranormal State. Uh, she's came in online lightness a lot about like the mm. occult. she's she an fantastic. occultist. Yeah, I think it was one of Luke's favorite guests. Yeah. Um, so we've talked a lot about that on this show. Uh, one of our favorite guests that we've had on, uh, well, was uh, that we had on the few times, this is more kind of in the realm of conspiracy theory, but it has to do a lot with the occult, is that Adam Rightly and I think you guys had him on at one point.
1: Well, We did, yeah, we did.
2: Yeah, and he's, he's told us a lot of interesting things mm-hmm. about, uh, uh, especially one of the figures that we find the most interesting on this show, and there's also a good interview that we have with Nick Redfern about this, was a guy named Jack Parsons. And Parsons actually was the, uh, he started the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. So the guys that worked closely with NASA was founded by, or by Jack Parsons, who was a serious occultist, who was mm-hmm. a pretty much an, an acolyte of, of Aleister mm-hmm. Crowley, right. uh, but in the United States. Guy considered himself the Antichrist. He One of his associates was L. Ron Hubbard, who founded Scientology. And him and this um, lady named Marjorie Cameron, who he said was his scarlet woman, did this working in the middle of, like I think, the Nevada or the Arizona desert called the Babylon Working. And in this book that Nick Redford wrote uh, called Final Events, uh, there was a group that had um, followed Jack Parsons around, and then after Parsons blew himself up in like nineteen in the 1950s, uh, they continued to follow kind of like what happened with the Babylon working. And I believe the Babylon working was about like 1946, 47, and uh, there's this theory that these guys that were in the middle of the desert were actually working with this kind of like weird Anakian magic, and they opened the door, to the what is now considered the UFO age. And whatever they opened was what crashed at Roswell.
1: Oh, that's interesting theory.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that.
2: So Parsons has come up quite a lot on our show. And it, it, we kind of have these weird synchronicities like that where I'll have a guest, and maybe it's just that these guests work in kind of the same areas and they're kind of interested in the same stuff. But we'll have that we'll, where... Particular people will come up, and Jack Parsons has been one of the big ones.
4: Huh, that is interesting. So, what, what what's changed? The what, uh, Luke, what, what is? Uh, how have you changed as uh, as a as far as your beliefs are concerned during the course of the, your your time as a host of the show?
3: It, it's really just an attainment of information. At uh, at first, you know, I was I was a lot more ignorant of uh, of everything sure. <laughs> you know but as our guests started coming on
4: there are some crazy people up. out there right there <laughs>
3: <laughs> well uh like i said my beliefs are really dynamic and they change over time and I, I try to leave my ego out of what i what i learn and what i apply to you know my spiritualist uh concepts and everything and and uh, over time you know as as i attain knowledge i've the biggest thing that I've learned to do is apply more like logic, scientific logic before I, you know, automatically assume uh, something is outlandish or you know, before I go to uh, um, what is the word for it? Before I automatically assume something is... Jump to conclusions. Yeah, before I jump to conclusions about something being more fantastical than it, than it really is. I, I've learned to apply more logic to it and be like, well, before you assume this, you need to, you know, apply the scientific theory first and see what they had to say about it and have a more omniscient viewpoint on it first. And uh, our guests throughout the years have showed me it coming from such different perspectives. Yeah. That you know you need to think about this from all of these different angles before you automatically. Come up with a you know a firm conclusion about this.
4: Okay, that's fair. What about what, what about you, um, Adam? What, how's it changed you?
3: Well, I think I look
2: at things somewhat differently, uh, but I, I, it's really kind of a more of a um, accumulation of knowledge for me. Uh, you know, I had said in my mind what I you know listening to shows like yours. And some other influential people out there, you know, I kind of had set in my mind what I believed. Um, it's it, in a way, it's it, some of it's you know too broad range to kind of go into in here. But uh, one of the things that I think about a lot, and it was one of the things that really wanted me to do this show, was to find out what happened in the Garden of Eden. Um, and I know that sounds very strange, but there was this idea in the first and second centuries AD called Gnosticism. I'm sure you guys are familiar with it, the idea that you could attain this knowledge. Yeah. And, um, you know, through the studies that we've done and the people we've talked to, especially about the occult, um, I see that, you know, what does that mean? What exactly happened? What does it mean for you know God to have said, or, to, or actually Lucifer to have said, you know, eat that and you will be as gods, and that's something that I've really tried. Something that I think I've kind of like tried to explore personally, not as much on the show, but I think a lot of the things that we talk about on the show lend itself to that.
4: Well, what's your what's your thoughts about that? What do you think it is?
2: Well. I think that there's the simplicity of Christianity, in that you can accept Christ into your heart and you know that, um, that you're a believer. On the other hand, there's this whole other world view uh, where you have to attain this kind of secret knowledge. One path is easy, and one path is hard, and I choose to take the easy path because I know that that's the right path. The harder path, though, is what leads people, I think, astray into um, man believing that he's God, and when man believes that he's a God, and Luke and I like to say a small g, uh then I think we're still essentially man, but we're um, we're still going to mess everything up. Mm. And when man becomes God, he is just going to lord it over his fellow man, and there's going to be a lot of death and there's going to be a lot of destruction. Have any of you guys seen the movie Chronicle?
4: Chronicle? Um, I'm not sure if I have. No, well, know, in that
2: we movie, there's a group of teenagers. It's one of those movies that... Oh, where, no, I've
4: seen this. This is the one where they get these yeah. powers and stuff.
2: Right. Yeah. In that movie, there's a group of teenagers, and they find this mysterious object that gives them this, these superpowers. And one of them is... You feel bad for him at first. You you think that he's just kind of a reject.
4: Yeah, yeah, he's a dorky kid that nobody it, likes, and he's getting yeah. picked on and everything.
2: This is the guy that becomes the monster at the end. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, that's a good that's, movie, actually. Yeah, awesome.
2: And I think that that's one of the mo I think that that's probably one of the most. I would show that movie in church huh. for people to really understand what it means when you're given those kind of godlike powers. And people that try to search for these godlike powers, they become elitists. They become uh, people that oh, yeah. do not care about their fellow human beings, and but they're still essentially human, and they're still essentially human beings that that have faults, because we all sin, and we all we all make mistakes. So you know, Luke has this idea. I think in some ways of that you could become like God. Uh, I don't. I think you could become a god in power. But essentially, you're still human, and you're still going to lead people into, pretty much like I said, death and destruction.
4: say okay, I, I, I have a really good
2: the 20th century.
4: I have a really good friend that uh, that I've known most of my life, or a long time anyway, uh, not most of my life, but a long time, um, and he, uh, basically, he... Uh, yeah, he he's you know we, we were having a talk one day and he his, his life has transitioned a lot and he uh he does a lot better than most i'd, I'd say he's he's one of you, you hear people talk about the one percenters yeah right yeah this guy's yeah. one of them okay <laughs> so um, so success success wise business is he he's been very successful in business um, he uh he runs a couple different corporations but we we had sat down one night and i was uh you know, at his house, and we were we were talking about, you know, just God and Jesus and everything. And I've always, you know, we've always shared pretty much the same feelings and thoughts and views. But then he gets a little mystical on me, and he talks about this hidden knowledge, the same that you were describing. And he talks about vi- vibrations and the vibrations of things. And the more and more I listen to him, I'm thinking, what kind of cult have you joined, brother? You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we got into some real conversations. One of the things he's like, well, you know, you know, no one believes that. You know that, that that you know all the animals got on the ship like that. That's just the story. No, you know, instead of, you know Noah put the animals on the ship, and you know God told them to go, and they went two by two. That's what it says. I don't think that's a. You know, I I, I try to take the Bible literally when I can, and I I think that really happened. But you know, some Christians don't. But I mean, that, that is my my view on it. As incredible as it sounds, yeah, I think Jonah was in the belly of a fish. You know. Yeah, um, but that's just my take on it. But you know, just some of the some of the Eastern teachings that got mixed with Christianity to turn it into some kind of feel good, um, new age kind of thing kind of really bothered me.
2: Well, that's happening a lot, and Luke can actually attest to this a little bit better than I can. Um, you know, he was at this. Uh, um, well, I'm going to let him tell the story about the about the prophet. Remember oh, the
3: right, apostle yeah. the self-appointed apostle I I, I have a uh, buddy who's a police officer around here and uh he plays bass and we're both in the metal and we like the same metal bands and he's like you need to come to my church one night to listen to me play bass and I'm like no I'm there's no way I'm going to a church you couldn't drag me into a church you know <laughs> but but he he kept he kept bothering me about it bothering me about it so I was like all right I'll, I'll go listen to you man cuz he was telling me that they they have a pretty heavy sound yeah so I went in there and uh, I got stuck listening to the entire sermon, and uh, because I didn't drive, you know. I, oh I no! A, <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. Right. I, I had a friend uh, bring me there. So uh, this this woman, that called herself uh, Sharon Stone, was kind of acting <laughs> as a as a false prophet up on stage. You know the way I took it because she was giving everyone prophecies. Uh, yeah. She. She saw me rolling my eyes and like trying to sleep and stuff in the crowd, so she pointed me out first and kind of called me out in front of the whole congregation, which is like you know a hundred people plus.
4: Oh, that's nice.
3: <laughs> and uh, she asked me to stand up, and you know, and I shook my head, no, I'm not standing up and getting in front of all these people. No way. And uh, she said it again, and I was like, all right, let's just get this over with. So I stood up, and it, was, it felt like a cult. Because everybody in there put their hands out toward me, their palms, you know, faced me. Everybody, and then uh, and she started saying, "I sense a lot of doubt in you, and uh, you have doubt in in the words because they don't have much relevance to you because you need physical proof, you know. You, you need. That's kind of the gist of what she was saying is, is that the you know the words of the book didn't have any relevance because uh, I don't know." <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, basically what she was doing was she was pretty much doing the psychic thing, like somebody like John Edwards, exactly. one of these guys, yeah. and she was doing the same thing. Under
3: the name of Christianity. Under
2: the name of Christianity, yeah. and pretending like instead of talking to spirit guides, she was to talking to God, yeah. yeah, right? Yeah, and so you see a lot of that kind of thing going on. I can't remember the guy's name, uh, something bit Um, but this guy apparently uses a lot of things that are, and Marzulli, I think, talks about this as well. I sense that that you
4: have a father. Yes, I do. You're correct. Does his name (laughs) come with an A? uh, No, a B maybe, a C.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is (laughs) just the same kind of stuff. And and, and this guy will will use things like, that's basically, you know, Kundalini. (laughs) You know, he basically is using that same kind of thing, but saying it's from God. So there's a lot of that out there, kind of mystical, uh, weird stuff that's kind of seeped its way into Christianity. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, we're gonna take our last break. Uh, you're listening to World the Unexplained. Feel free to give us a call, guys. Our number here's 877-722-7382. That's toll free one eight seven seven scare the number uh, the letter U the number two, and uh, you're speaking to uh, we're we're speaking with uh, Adam Sane and his co-host uh, Luke. Reed. Reed, thank you. Give me a second. There. <laughs> All right. So, uh, guys, hang hang tight with us, and we'll be back in just a second. Um, Absolutely. Well, let me get this skewed up. Okay, I, I've got it now. Right. We'll be back in just a bit.
1: Right
4: on. Oh, man. And we're back. You're listening to Worldly Unexplained, and we've got uh, Adam Sane and his co-host Luke Reed with us tonight. You uh, guys with us? Yeah, we're here. Cool, cool. So now I know we had a we had a the series of conversations before, Adam, about uh you know I'm just jumping all around here, but about the uh the tribulation and, and things like that and your your thoughts on that were that that we would uh that Christians would go through the tribulation.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm not a I'm not a pre trib uh guy. Uh I probably used to be. Uh I find that whole uh I find that just kind of. I'm not a theologian, so I'm not Chris White. Um, so, so I find I find that whole kind of uh, that theology to be kind of bad because I think it's kind of like burn baby burn. I think there's a lot of Christians out there that are going to be like, well, I don't have to worry about anything because I'm going to be out of here. So I think it gives them a license to just say, uh, I don't really care about the world, I, you know, because we're going to be gone. We're going to be we're going to be raptured out. Uh, I think eventually, the, you know, the rapture will happen, of course, but I don't, I, I don't think it's going to be at that particular time.
4: Well, when do you think it will occur? Um,
2: I would say probably about probably about the midpoint of the tribulation. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, I, I've got a question for you guys, kind of changing topics as well. Um, have you guys actually ever gone out and done any of your own, like, investigations of the paranormal at all?
2: Uh, I've gone out with a local ghost hunting group here and done some investigations. I really haven't found anything. I'm not, uh, I don't consider myself a ghost hunter, even though that was kind of my entry point into a lot of this stuff, like with ghostly talk. Um, but I don't, so I don't really consider myself like an, like an investigator. I know people that do it and I respect them, but, uh you know, to me, I, I kind of like enjoy the personal stories that people tell rather than going out with like some meters and looking around and saying, what was that? What was that? What was that in the corner? You know, that kind <laughs> right, of stuff.
4: Right, right, right.
1: Well, that's, that's kind of like how we are now. I mean, we did go out, well, you've gone out, what, two or three times and done it? Yeah, you know, like uh, But we're kind of the same way. You know, we, we, we like hearing the personal stories of people and relaying it out. So that everyone else can hear it as well. Now, yeah. unfortunately, the the one time that we have gone out, Scott and Chuck had an experience that uh, I think pretty much put Scott off from going back out. Now, and me? Get out.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Eddie Murphy thing, you know. <laughs> this house is great, baby. Yeah. Get out. Too bad we can't stay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm running for the hills.
2: <laughs> I mean that's what I would do if some disembodied voice would tell me to get out. I love those shows like A Haunting. There was that one, the, like the first haunting in Connecticut where like I it wasn't the walls bleeding, but like the mop water was turning to blood. Yeah. I would have I would have just been gone. Yeah,
1: me too. <laughs> <laughs> Later. <laughs>
2: I, I would have just sit there and said, "Well, that's kind of weird. I wonder why it's turning into blood." Hmm. <laughs> I just bought a funeral home.
4: Well, you know that that really happened, according to uh, yeah. according to yeah. Carmen. I mean, that 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 actually took place, and so I, yeah, well, a lot of that movie but was sensationalized. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd have been gone too. Uh, a lot of that movie was sensationalized, and a lot a lot of the remakes are. Um, you know, I you know we talked to Zaffis. That last uh, the week before last, about um, you know the new movie Conjuring and how you know it's a very scary film and a lot of that stuff in the film actually took place and that was kind of you know creepy you know the snapping or the clapping hands and all that stuff it's oh, oh hell no
2: <laughs> I'm out. I, I loved that movie I thought that that movie was uh, perfect as far as everything that I've read and everything that I people that I've talked to of how things slowly escalate and the stages that it goes into. The last 10 minutes of that movie was pure Hollywood.
4: Oh yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree.
1: Well, you know, that's been one of my things, like when you see these these shows about ghost hunters and that kind of stuff, and you know, they're filming and they're going, oh no, something's drained the battery down from the the camcorder, it's sucking the power out, And, and and they say that they're having experiences, and I'm like, well, why don't you take about five or six car batteries, just place them in the middle of the room and go, let's see what happens. Right. Well, it does happen, I mean,
4: the battery thing. I've seen that
1: happen before. You know, I'm I'm one of these things that, I'm one of these people that I believe in it, I believe it's there, I believe it's possible, but also, at the same time, I want to see it. And then after I see it, I'll go, yep, 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 that's it. That's all I needed to see. I'm done.
2: Right. I, I think with me, having experienced something as a child, um, I'm I'm pretty satisfied that, that there's something out there. And also hearing people's personal experiences, uh, you know, people may be skeptical about that, but it is it is actually real to those people. They actually did experience it.
1: Right. And like myself, I've, I've, I've experienced, it, experienced it as well as a child, but it's like one of these things I want to go, I, I kind of want to see it again, just to, you know, see if it's possible, if it's one of these things that only you can witness, you know, as a child, or so you have to be at a different mindset to be able to see these possible things, or maybe some people are just more susceptible to to this type of uh, experiences, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. See if it's recreatable. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I think, I think more as I've gotten older, I've become a little more skeptical towards certain things,
4: you know. Sure. Well, so so Luke, what what about you? Is, is have you done any ghost hunting or anything like that?
3: Uh, whenever I go to an area, I, I don't know if this is with everybody, but I I feel kind of sensitive to the lingering uh, energies or emotions that have kind of permeated the area, I like to think. You know, a, a good example, you know, I, I was living in a rough neighborhood here in Nashville for a little while, and uh, the whole time I was here, I just had this kind of feeling like I didn't belong.
1: Yeah
3: you know, like, uh, even if it was, like, a beautiful, you know, cloudless, sunny day, it just felt like something was trying to get me out of that neighborhood, like, I just did not belong there, you know?
4: Right, right.
3: And uh, the neighborhood is is full of suicides, and, you know, Section 8 high-rises, and drugs, and all kinds of crime going on, and, uh, it, it, that's that's kind of my take on it. I, I go to a place that's kind of permeated with those negative thoughts and, and uh, lingering energies, you know, and uh, that to me is kind of an experience in itself.
1: Right. I mean, I think we've all had that experience ourselves we go to some place and you always have that kind of, you go to the one particular place and you have an unsettling, uneasy feeling and you're like, okay, we need, we need to kind of get out of here. We, we, it's
3: right. Time, time, mm-hmm.
1: to, time to move. Time to go somewhere else.
3: Right. And well, I I I personally hated The Conjuring too. Did like you didn't like it? I I, I like the movie. It, it it was intense and everything, but I don't like that they blamed, um, uh, you know, the haunting on witchcraft and witches because I'm actually on their side.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you know,
3: <laughs> so
5: <laughs> he's a
2: he's a god
5: warn
3: you. So yeah, I I don't I didn't like that part.
4: So, so are, are you a witch?
3: No I, I'm not I, but I would I would describe myself as uh, as a naturalist and I, I do absolutely believe in witchcraft wholeheartedly and uh,
1: So do, do you think there's a difference between uh, white magic and black magic and
3: oh, magic? De- oh definitely yeah I mean it, it's, it's really it's really uh, uh, just based self-explanatory it's basic you know, white magic would be used for healing somebody and black magic would be destroying.
1: Right, because uh, I've, I've experienced that as well when I, I lived in uh, in England for a year and I worked at an herbal store and a lot of the people that would come in, we'd have a lot of Wiccans come in and they, of course they would buy a lot of natural herbs and healing, natural healing things and they would use those in their ceremonies or helping someone else they'd make a, like a tincture for them to help their soothing cough or... Skin irritation right. or something, but that, that works more
3: in the homeopathic basic, you know, right healing, you know. Hmm. And uh, it, that actually gets scientific too, because tinctures contain ethanol.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, whatever, wherever they can, you know, wherever they obtain the ethanol from, from from different types of alcohol. Most of the time Even, it was vodka. Know, <laughs> sorry. Said most of
1: the time it was vodka. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, it's got enough alcohol in it, even though, you know, vodka is usually 40 proof, right. to extract the uh, essentials from the herb. And that's, that's why tinctures are the most effective instead of these capsulated uh, pill forms right. that you they're find also, in the stores. Right, they're also easier stores.
1: to digest. Your body absorbs them quicker.
3: Exactly. And and the alcohols draw out the properties inside the herbs that are used for the ailments, you know.
4: I learned something. <laughs> hey,
1: that's what we're here for, man.
3: You
4: haven't
1: learned something new every day. You're not
4: trying hard enough. That's true. That's true. So, uh, so you said that you uh, you play bass guitar, Luke?
3: No, I. I uh, Paul plays bass guitar. That's when I was talking about the the weird church, the the weird cult church.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. So, do you play anything?
3: Uh, I, I yes, I I play lead and rhythm guitar.
4: Okay, okay. Well, you're in the right place, right? Nashville, Tennessee.
3: Yeah, not necessarily. <laughs> okay.
4: I've heard there's art, a good rock, uh, metal rock place out there,
3: right? Uh, well, there there is somewhat of a rock scene, but I'm more of uh, what I've been playing throughout the years is all metal. I've kind of uh, drawn myself more to you know a lot of different musical styles within the past couple of years, but what I grew up playing was metal. And uh, Nashville has a very minimal metal scene. There's not much of a black metal scene here in Nashville. Yeah, I didn't say black. <laughs> I've, never, I've, I've never been a black metal guy. In
2: fact, Luke's in full makeup right now. Got his,
4: All right, cool, I guess. He's got the box on. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got
3: the makeup kit from Adam's room. <laughs> Is you steal the Obama shoes from What's-His-Name?
4: <laughs>
3: he doesn't eat them in jail.
4: <laughs> okay, no, all right, all right. All righty, then. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> like on the show, degenerates. Yeah, no, we always do. shows always degenerate at some point in time. I'll,
2: I'll tell you a story, uh, one of my favorite memories of uh, World of the Unexplained. Okay. And I told this last week, but since that's lost the time, I'm going to have to reiterate it. Go ahead. So, I used to call you guys a lot. You guys know that. Oh, yeah. And uh, ask guest questions, ask you guys questions. And one night, I called you guys. And, you know, I called the one 800 scare u 2 number. And I misdialed dialed it. <laughs> and I got, <laughs> I got, like, a phone sex line. <laughs> And 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 I'm sitting there ready to talk to you guys, ready to hear, hey, you've called Jay Scott, a world of the unexplained. Now I hear, hey, baby, are you horny? (laughs) i horny. Prank caller, prank
1: caller, wrong
5: number. (laughs)
4: You didn't get charged for that, did you? <laughs> it
2: was a one eight seven seven number, but it was
4: like so <laughs> free. They just, they just want your credit card. Uh, is this
2: world of the unexplained? It can be.
4: <laughs> what are you wearing? What kind of unexplained things would you like to do?
3: <laughs> you know, we kind of missed our guest appearance tonight. <laughs>
2: I thought it just live it up the French airways a little bit there. Oh, this
4: this will definitely do that. <laughs> no fear.
2: Before this, probably was the Iron Show with them praying. You now <laughs> no,
4: this is
1: trash. Go, are you horny, baby? <laughs> God, this is awful.
3: <laughs> Somebody please get a monotone in here.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when, when when are you guys going to start airing on French? Do you know yet?
2: Uh, well, I mean, you know, I've kind of made the deal, and I haven't seen anything posted up yet, so hopefully pretty soon. Um, hopefully, we're going to be uh, part of the network here pretty soon. Okay, cool.
4: Awesome. Here's, uh Who's your next, uh, when, when's your next uh, podcast here?
2: Actually, next week, uh, should have a guy named William Ramsey. We're going to talk about um, Aleister Crowley and his influence on 9-11.
4: Alistair Crowley's influence on 9/11. That should be uh, weird.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And the, West <laughs>
2: <Memphis>. <laughs> and the West Memphis Three, possibly. We'll probably talk about that too. So. And then
4: what?
2: The West Memphis Three.
4: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that that was an interesting uh, event.
2: Yeah, this guy uh, disagrees with the um, main. So you know the the main story on that is that the guys didn't do it and they were accused wrongly. Well, he thinks that's not true.
4: Huh. A lot of people a lot of people felt that they that they were, and I think the, you know the evidence as far as what I what I know about it seems to suggest that they were.
2: Yeah, and as a lawyer, I mean, you would have an insight into that.
4: I I haven't seen all the evidence, obviously, but I mean, just from just from what I've heard, I mean, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows?
2: So, like, there's there's several documentaries. There's, like, three documentaries called Paradise Lost. Yeah. And I watched the third one, you know, and I was, you know, pretty convinced, of, you know, that they were wrongly accused. But I'll see what our guests have to say about it.
4: Okay. Well, that sounds good. Well, guys, uh, any, any final thoughts or final words?
2: Uh, just that, you know, we're happy to come on the show. I mean, it's, it's, you know, like I said, it's a really great honor and, you know, you guys are, uh, one of the shows that, uh, that I always really respected and, uh, you guys are, you know, our, you know, my influence here. So, yeah, thanks for, you know, having us on. Definitely. Why don't
4: you
1: guys, uh, plug your, uh, your podcast?
2: Absolutely. Uh, it's called Conspiranormal, spelled S, it's spelled C-O-N-S-P-I-R-I. N O R M A L, and that's at potomatic.com.
3: Cool.
4: Wow. Thanks a lot, guys. We uh, we appreciate having you on here, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. Thank you right on. Right, take care. Bye. Bye. And that was uh, Adam Sane and Luke Reed.
3: All right, folks. There you heard it. Adam and I are now C-list celebrities. That's right. We're actually for the first time on somebody else's show.
2: It's amazing. <laughs> so really cool to uh, be on the World of the Explained, guys. Um, really awesome. It's too bad that uh, Trent couldn't have been there uh, for us, but uh, you know we had a good time with uh, with D and with uh, Jay Scott, and uh, it was really good. Hope we didn't get too like too weird or too preachy yeah. with them. But uh, hope we didn't. Get they've them. had they've had stranger <laughs> gu- they've had stranger guests. I can. I can attest to that. Hope oh, so. we didn't
3: get weird on you, bro.
2: But anyway, you know, kind of the cat's out of the bag. Uh, what I was wanting to announce was that we're going to be on the Fringe Radio Network. Uh, like I've said on the show, you know, we I've made the deal, and uh, we're going to be uh, streamed at least two times a week on their, on their streaming, uh, hopefully getting a lot more downloads, and uh, people are just going to be more accessible to people. So and probably be on some stuff like iHeartRadio and some other things. Right. Um, so we're going to get a little more exposure here, Luke. So are you ready for <laughs> the, Are you ready for your legions of, of yeah. girl fans?
0: Oh, and your
3: groupies? I, no, actually, I'm not. I I can look, but not touch. That's the rule.
2: I got you because. Jamie probably would be pretty mad.
3: Yeah, my slave driver.
2: Yeah, your slave driver. I'm sure she would really appreciate your <laughs> Yeah, I, your I really about. hope
3: that she doesn't listen to any of our shows, because I'm, I'm in trouble if she does. Yeah,
2: probably so. But uh, next uh, week, and we're doing things weekly here for a little bit, uh, just kind of catching up on, on some shows, and we got to, we got a big event planned here in May, but uh, we'll, we'll more about that later. Uh, next week, we're gonna. I'm um, hopefully to have uh, William Ramsey on talk about Aleister Crowley, and about nine his association with nine eleven. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Crowley is someone I've you know really kind of wanted to talk about in a little more depth. And uh, although William Ramsey doesn't like him too much, I'm sure you know, Luke, you'll have some good questions for him. So.
3: Yeah. I. I. I don't know what to think about Crowley. I really don't.
2: Well, you know, to me, uh, he kind of seems like, uh, he kind of almost seems like a Charlton, like he was kind of right. his, his best, like, publicist, you yeah. know? But, but yeah. at the
3: same time, I, I really do think that he might have stirred up something in yeah. the other worlds, you
2: absolutely. know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think he stirred up a lot of stuff. And he pretty much is responsible for a lot of attitudes that are out today. Uh, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit with Robert Sullivan. Uh, one of his main, you could say, like, acolytes or followers is a guy named Alan Moore. And Alan Moore is probably, like, my favorite comic book writer. You know, back in the day, I used to, you know, read Swamp Thing. But uh, Alan Moore's got a ton of influence on on society right now, and on pop culture, like V for Vendetta and Watchmen and those kind of things. And hopefully we'll probably get to Robert Sullivan back on here in May or June and we'll talk about cinema symbolism. And uh, hopefully Luke won't be too bored to, de- to tears with it.
3: I I can't handle movies, man.
2: <laughs> I, it was like me. It's like, oh yeah, that guy was in that movie. Right, and he was yeah, also I... in that other movie with, uh, you know, it's like the Six Degrees it, of Kevin Bacon kind it, of yeah. stuff.
3: And people start talking celebrities to me. I just glaze over. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't care, man. Our, our little producer
2: flunky Zach wasn't here tonight. I uh, don't know what's going on with him, but uh,
3: baby mama drama.
2: Yeah. Probably. Probably got some (laughs) baby mama
3: drama. It's your boy.
2: But anyway, we're going to get out of here, and uh, you guys have a good night. And thanks for joining us on
0: Conspiracy Run!